my sisters, my best friends since undergrad, Reba Joy, Dr. <laughs> Brittany Bro. Some respect on that. Right? And Atoya <laughs> Harris who is an attorney and I am so excited. I feel a little nervous right now because I have been waiting for this particular episode since I don't know for how long. And it's almost weird for me to even address them as Atoya Harris or Brittany Bro, because again, I've been knowing them now for how many years y'all? I can't do math. Let's not count. <laughs> <laughs> it's been some years. I am super excited because this is, you know, they say, look at the people you're friends with and you'll see where your life is going. And mm -hmm. I'm really proud that on this podcast, you are going to connect with a graphic designer, an endocrinologist and an attorney. So you know what to do. Sit back, relax, do what you do, whatever you do while listening to a podcast, and let's get connected. We are connected. So tell me, what was something that made you smile today? I'll start with Reba, because Reba Joy. Something that made me smile. I went to a workshop today, which was our topic for the day. It's a series, so there are four parts. And today was about the spine and like connectivity with, it was about vitality. So the, how you experience vitality in your body through the spine, which is one of the largest pipelines of energy in the body. Hmm. Um, but it made me smile. Mm. That's really interesting. I've never thought about that. The spine being the largest, the longest pipeline. What There's another say? word that she used for it. I'm going to hop off and get my notes. Uh huh. <laughs> well, while you do that. Oh, you're back. You got it, Reba? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to rush you because that's that's really interesting. Just kidding. I did not write it down. I just <laughs> <laughs> this is making me smile. Um... <laughs> no, that's no, I'm also like this whole year I've been working on my energy and I never really thought, huh, maybe that's like the whole chakra, like and it's in, I guess. Parallel, is that parallel? With your spine? Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. Connecting your, your, the top of your cranium to your sacrum. Yeah. And, you know, I have all those spine issues, so it's always interesting to dive into. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Toya? It made me smile to see you guys, because I haven't, feel like I haven't seen you guys in a while, um, although we text all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, it made me smile to see the fact that we were matching today, <laughs> like uh, not on purpose. I know, <laughs> which happened so much. Um, and this is not definitely not the first time. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also smiled today. So I didn't see Tiana yesterday, my daughter, um, and I got a chance to see her see her this morning. She uh, spent the night with my parents and uh, last night, and I uh, saw her this morning. So it made me smile to see her. Uh, she gets so excited when she sees me and it makes me feel like the most important person in the world. Um, it's just hopes it always stays that way. I'm hoping so. Aww. That made me smile. Hey, Tiana. <laughs> Brittany, what made you smile today? I have to piggyback on the matching outfit. 
Mm-hmm. And we still do that 10, 15 years later. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but also, so my boys are four and Dallas, Noah's four. Dallas is turning three in November. Um, and they still sleep in the bed with me. I know. We're working on that part. Don't enjoy no. it. Thanks. That is so cute. And that's the part that made me smile is when I put them to bed last night, I actually put them to bed in their bed. <laughs> I woke up, they were both like snuggled underneath me. Aww. Again, I hope that never changes. So that definitely made me smile. That is so <laughs> cute. And I have to piggyback on both of y'all then because one picture that I look at like all the time is that picture that we took, Warby Parker. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, we dress all the same. It wasn't planned. And I wish y'all connectors could hear. I'm sorry. Y'all can hear us. Y'all can't see us. I wish y'all could see us because we are literally all dressed in the same color scheme. So like I said earlier, I met Reba and Brittany and Toya back in undergrad. I know where y'all are from, but let's go back in time a little bit. Let's talk about y'all's childhood just a little bit. Um, Let's start with Brittany. Brittany, where are you from? And tell me a little bit about your life. How was life growing up there? I am from a small town, southern Louisiana, called Laplace, Louisiana. Um, our claim to fame, I guess. We are known as the Undewey capital of the world. So funny. Long story, very short. When I was younger, I was in like a little pageant or something, and our speech or opening speech was something, whatever. Like you had to introduce yourself and talk about where you're from and give the judges something to remember you by a quote. Mm-hmm. Laplace is French for the place. So my little line at the end was y'all come to the place and have a great taste. <laughs> so corny, <laughs> so terrible, but it actually worked. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to mention that on the uh, podcast. But yeah, I'm from small town. Um, and I guess the most important part about me is my family. That is the foundation of who I am and kind of what defines me. Mm-hmm. My grandmother was the seventh child of a seventh child cool. and seven children, right? So our family is super large, mm-hmm. still very close and very connected. Mm-hmm. Um, like right now, my aunts and uncles all live within blocks of each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that is what my upbringing kind of reflects. I caught the bus by my grandmother. Got dropped off of my grandmother. My cousins were there. We had sleepovers. It's like 50 people. Mm-hmm. And it's like 200 people in one house. Um, and that really defines me because even for us, like our friendship is more like family, right? Yeah. Tied and bonded and support each other. And we've become an extended village from our initial village. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of who I am. Okay. Um, I did not know that Laplace is the <laughs> undue capital of the world. I, didn't know I, mean, I don't know if it's true, but that's what they t- tell us growing up. They say that we're the undue capital. It is. Okay. Because, like, y'all know I'm here in Indiana, and I cannot find boudin anywhere, right? Like, y'all know that's my thing. I had but- some this week. 
I know. <laughs> Please send me some, y'all. But you, you can find Undoey everywhere, right? Huh. But I, yeah, I did not know that. Okay. Well, they have to go Undoey Smokehouse place where they kind of like make it and package it and sell it. Hmm. I think Very we might have larger suppliers. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to keep it in the New Orleans area. So if you didn't know, um, Brittany, how far is, would you say Laplace is from New Orleans? It's about a 20-minute drive, so probably 15 miles, 20 miles, something like that. Mm -hmm. Going okay. towards, what is this, west, west of New Orleans. Okay. Well, if y'all are good with directions west of New Orleans. <laughs> um, so Reba, then do you know how far you are? Um, or just let the people know, mm -hmm. hi Reba, um, where are you from? And tell us a little bit about where you're from. Okay, um, so my name is Reba Joy and I am from West Wego. I always say New Orleans, but I mean, it is West Wego. It's maybe 20 to 30 minutes away. Um, <laughs> it, we'll take it. Is mm -hmm. there, it's, it's close, mm -hmm. it's yeah. close enough. Yes. Um, and what was life growing up like? Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess it was fun. I spent most of my time in New Orleans because I always went to school in the city. And then I went to college in the city and I live presently in the city. So it's just a lot of, you know, driving, a lot of meeting different people. And I think that is maybe one of the core things for me is like the people that I'm connected to and supporting them. Cause I feel like that is a role that I actually do for many people as in some way, shape or form, supporting other people. <laughs> that would be me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So West we go, Laplace, and then almost, I mean, it's really not that close, but Toya is like down the highway, I-2986, whatever highway it is. Yep. Um, Toya, where are you from? And what was life like growing up there? I know this got to be interesting. <laughs> I know it is. So. <laughs> so I am from Denham Springs, Louisiana, which is a small town outside of Baton Rouge. Um, life in Denham Springs um, was great. I mean, I was um, pretty much an only child, even though I have an older sister and an older brother. My sister is 17 years older than me and my brother's 13 years older than me. So I was pretty much an only child. Mm -hmm. um, growing up for me was very active, busy, um, very involved in sports, I played basketball, um, very involved in music. I was with my dad probably every Sunday, uh, sitting with him on the organ. And then, uh, I guess through time, I, I also played the organ, um, and kind of developed that, uh, skill, um, very involved in school. Um, Denver Springs, unfortunately is kind of known for, um, it's racial division, if you will. I'll kind of leave it at that. 
Um, but I think it prepared me for kind of where I am now. Um, um, you know, it's, it's, there are a lot of challenges, um, you know, being a black woman living in Denham Springs, but because, um, I didn't let that define me or, um, limit me in any way. I think it prepared me for, you know, kind of where I am now and not letting those things define me now. Um, so even despite, um, you know, the way things may have been statistically, um, set up for me or anyone who else may look like me, I think there were still a lot of good things that happened, made a lot of good connections. Um, um, I think like Brittany, I was homecoming queen, I was class president. Um, so there's still like a lot of great, great things that happened there. Great people that live there. Um, and oddly enough, I lived close to you, Lexi, for a very long time and uh, played at a church that was not too far from your house and had yeah. not even met you yet. Or maybe we had met and just didn't know, mm-hmm. uh, which is crazy uh, to, to, to kind of think about. But life was good. Mm-hmm. Very, very busy. Um, things have not changed very much. Things are no. still very busy. Slow down. It was good. It was yeah. good. No. And like... I think all of this, like what you were saying, Toya, like really makes me appreciate not just you, but like y'all as a whole, because y'all represent so much in like one body, like Brittany and Toya, y'all are, I would say icons in my eye, y'all, y'all are breaking barriers. No, seriously, like... (laughs) (laughs) because like you were just saying Toya you were a homecoming queen in Denham Springs and connectors I really want you to do some homework and research Denham Springs Mm. and to say that you were a black you know yeah seriously like you know and then you know, you are an attorney um, and I'll let you talk a little bit more about like your practice and some things that you've seen in practice, mm-hmm. but you know, you're doing so much, you're a mom, um, even in your community and in undergrad, you were an athlete, Brittany, you were a dancer, you did, you know, like y'all just always embodied like so much power and yeah, so if I don't say it enough, I'm going to say it like a billion more times. Like, I really appreciate y'all for like just being inspiration for me. And yeah, I'm happy to like share y'all with my listeners and just promote y'all. Um, yeah. I'm trying not to cry. You know, like I'm trying to just, yeah, let that. But yeah, Toya, like you were saying earlier too, like life is just so amazing, like how all of us got connected because yeah, you played at a church, like not even a mile from my house, but even more than that, your cousin was my voice teacher who prepared me, you know, prepared me for my audition to get into Loyola where I met you. You know? Yeah. So it's just, and then Brittany, I distinctly remember seeing you and your mom in the financial aid office. Like that was, and then Reba, you and I connected because your high school friend was my roommate. 
So, oh, yeah. uh-huh, like, yeah, I'm just really, really grateful. Um, so we're going to move on um, to what in the world, what in the world made you pursue what you are doing today? Um, who wants to go first? Toya? <laughs> Toya? Okay. Come on, Toya. Um, I guess let the connectors know, I guess your exact title and the type of work you do and tell us a little bit about what you do. Okay, sounds good. I am an attorney at Proskauer Rose, which is an international law firm. Um, but I work in the New Orleans, Louisiana office. I practice labor and employment litigation, um, which is a very broad area. But um, what I've been doing lately is um, investigating a lot of workplace disputes, um, kind of advising clients on um, you know, how to handle employee relations issues, um, you know, employ employment litigation, you, you name it discrimination, harassment, retaliation, uh, wage and hour issues. Um, that's what, what I do. I do have also a, a background in general, general litigation, um, but that's kind of my focus now is employment litigation. Um, I think the, the second question was, how did I, what inspired me or what, what yeah, how did I get here? Because you mentioned it earlier, um, you play the piano and y'all, I would say hands down, Toya is my most favorite pianist, organist, like on the Goodbye. planet, like hands down. And I know some, some people who play, but my sister, she can play, play. She can outplay them, outplay their mama, outplay their granny. My bad, my bad, but for real. But yeah, um, what inspired you to pursue employment law or better yet what inspired you to pursue law so when i was in undergrad my major was classical music initially then i transferred to music industry studies and joined lexi um, in that major and um i really had no idea what i wanted to do with my life i knew that i didn't want to do music full-time um, i just didn't find like a fulfillment doing that full-time um, I, I think Lexi mentioned it earlier, I was playing college basketball too. And mm -hmm. um, listeners may not know if I, just from my voice, but I'm 5'3", so I wasn't going to the WNBA at the time. Um, or not at the time, I just wasn't going to the WNBA, but I realized that at the time. And um, so the question was, what was I going to do? And so Lexi, I don't know if you remember, but we had a um, entertainment lawyer who came to one of our classes mm -hmm. and, um, she talked about, you know, what she was doing, her profession, um, her clients, her, her matters. And I thought, okay, maybe this is something I can do to connect to what I love music mm -hmm. and, um, you know, helping clients who are also connected to music. Yeah. And so I went to law school thinking that I was going to be an entertainment lawyer, um, at the time. And then when I uh, got involved in moot court, mm -hmm. I had a employment litigation matter. And I realized I love oral advocacy. I love um, the idea of advocating on behalf of something yeah. um, and being able to uh, see that succeed. And so from there, I think that's what sparked 
the employment litigation. But oddly enough, I didn't start an employment litigation. At the time, it was just a general litigation practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just um, kind of through time, uh, without giving too much background, I don't want to take up too much time. But um, over time, I kind of fell kind of back where things started, if you will, uh, in employment law. And then being at Proskauer Rose, where they have a very, very heavy entertainment uh, um, department. So I kind really? of also help with um, employment litigation for entertainment clients. Um, so That's it's dope. Yeah, it's it's interesting how things kind of come full circle. Yeah. Um, but so that's that's where things started, and I I do feel fulfillment, you know, being able to still um, practice, and then I also still play music. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there was a period of time where I was just practicing law, and I did not feel fulfilled. Um, but being able to kind of do both, um, I think is a full kind of completion of like who I am. Oh, Toya, that is, that makes me smile. Like, I am so happy to hear that because I understand that passion, like wanting to advocate, wanting to be in the music industry, kind of, you know, helping or just, again, just being in it and, it happened for you. Yeah. That's yeah. dope. That's dope. All God. Right? I mean, All orchestration God. is real. So, right. yeah. <laughs> um, Toya, I'm going to come back to you like a little bit later because I have some listener questions um, okay. for you. It's, I think you should be able to answer it. Okay. Um, let's see. Reba. Um, are you ready or Brittany? Mm-hmm. Cause I know we had a, we had a co-host coming on. <laughs> we did. <laughs> Say one of your babies wanted to jump on the mic. Um, we okay. can go in alphabetical order, Brittany. Sure. Um, so I am an endocrinologist and I'm sorry, I got distracted by Noah, but no, you're fine. How did I become, well, what, I've always wanted to be in medicine. So let's just start there. I've always wanted to be a physician. I just didn't know what type or what kind. And my first true encounter with medicine that I can remember beyond like your normal pediatrician visits was probably my junior year in high school. I literally went blind, like vision, was completely black. I had not fallen. I had no trauma. I was not taking medication. It just went away. Craziest and one of the scariest moments in my life. And my experience in the emergency department was terrible. Mm. This guy comes in, he's an ophthalmologist or an eye, eye doctor. And he was not empathetic at all. He had terrible bedside manner. He poked and prodded. His questions were very nonchalant, kind of laissez-faire, like, you know, Mm -hmm. a black kid talking about she can't see. Mm -hmm. And I don't really believe her. Because at that point, when I was in the emergency department, my vision was slowly coming back. But it was weird. It was like a, you know how pictures on the at the end of a movie fade in or fade Mm -hmm. out? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how my vision was coming back to me, but it was wow. a slow process. Um, and this guy was terrible. 
And when I walked out of the emergency department at that point, my vision had come back, not because of him, but simply the grace of God. And I decided no one's going to ever experience this. I'm going to be an eye doctor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And fast forward, you know, Loyola med school, my third year, we did a rotation in ophthalmology and I hated it. I hated everything about being an eye doctor. I felt it was boring. You know, it's a very lucrative specialty, but it did not pique my interest. It Mm -hmm. did not hold me captive. And I was like, okay, Lord, I have gotten this far thinking that I would be an eye doctor and I cannot be an eye doctor. So what am I missing kind of thing? And you go back to the drawing board and you go back to the prayer closet and you go back to show me signs of where I'm supposed to be. And what I realized during that time was I literally loved every other rotation mm-hmm. except pediatrics. I loved primary care. I loved OBGYN. I was great at surgery. I wanted to be every type of doctor. And the way medicine is designed is they give you a taste of everything so you can find what holds you most captive or what you're most interested in. And then you can shoot for that for your residency. Mm -hmm. When it was time to apply for residency, I had not narrowed anything down. So I felt that God was telling me you should be in primary care because primary care, you get to do everything, right? You get to kind of be the the introduction physician, you find things in the heart, you find things that are wrong with the kidneys, you may find female problems, and then you can refer to the specialist when needed. Okay. And when I got to, I applied for an internal medicine residency, which is general adult medicine. And throughout my experience, I realized that I was not happy with being an internal Mm -hmm. medicine physician, because in addition to being the physician that treats and manages a lot of different things, you also deal with a lot of different things. Like, oh, my ankle hurts. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have a cold. Oh, you know, I need this for whatever. And it just, it didn't hold me captive, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, Lord, you know, I'm here and I'm, I'm doing what I think I'm supposed to do, but it's not fulfilling to me. What else could I do? And the beauty about internal medicine when I applied was, you have to do an internal medicine residency in order to be a specialist of any kind. Be- beyond OBGYN, any cardiologist, any nephrologist or kidney doctor, any infectious disease physician, all of those different providers first did an internal medicine residency. Mm-hmm. So even going into internal medicine, I knew that if I found a specialty that I liked, I would be in the right area already, be on the right path already. And during my internal medicine residency, I loved, I hate to say it like this, but I loved black medicine, Mm -hmm. right? I loved hypertension. I loved diabetes. I loved being the voice for, and and my residency treated a patient population that was not the wealthiest, maybe Medicaid, Medicare, may not have had great interactions before. So a lot of these patients shied away from physician interaction until it was too late mm-hmm. kind of patient population and to meet these people where they were and them to identify with me. And, and we get this all the time, no matter what job you do, when you do it well as an African-American, everybody owns you, right? Your, mm-hmm. my black patients were like, I'm so proud of you. I know mm-hmm. your mom is proud of you. I, you know, if I were your grandmother, if I'm your auntie, Aww. Everybody owns you. And I needed that no matter what specialty I went into. So Mm -hmm. when it was time to apply for fellowship, 
I decided that I would be a GI doctor. Um, you know, you, you treat and manage colon cancer. You, you did a lot of procedures, so it was very hands-on. But the fellowship is fairly intense. And I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fellowship. And as much as I love my patients and my job, I knew being a mom was part of my calling and I wasn't going to shortchange that in my mind. And there are plenty of female GI doctors that have not shortchanged their, their kids at all. But the type of parent or the type of mother that I wanted to be mm-hmm. would not allow me to be a successful mom in my mind and a successful gastroenterologist. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, okay, Lord, well, why'd you do this? Like, how did, how did we get here? And I went back to the basics. You know, you like diabetes, you like hypertension, you, you like thyroid dysfunction, why haven't you ever considered being an endocrinologist? And mm. I started researching it. The crazy part is I had never done an endocrinology rotation during my internal medicine residency, not, not a one. Mm. And I applied. I was like, I like most of this. I'm, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to walk out on faith and figure this thing out. And when I showed up for fellowship, absolutely shout out I don't know if we're supposed to do this but shout out to Ashner New Orleans independent department those people are hands down amazing they are they cultivate you they give you space to grow space to figure out who you are not just as a endocrinologist but who you are as a person like my mentor there Susanna Dip literally changed my life she's Mm -hmm. like you know you're going to be a great endocrinologist but it's obvious that you want to be a great mom so when you go for your job make sure you know what you want make sure you know what you need and this is how you care for your patients, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how I landed at Woman's Hospital. Um, currently, I practice at Woman's Hospital in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I am the only endocrinologist there. Like I started. This Look department. at that. It's crazy. I started this department and I guess my title, I'd be the lead or only physician for the endocrinology and weight management clinic. Yes. Uh, my patients look like me and y'all remember like I struggled with weight a lot 2017 2018 2019 and to turn around and my job be to foster and help other women it's crazy how life happens yes as long as you're open and receptive to you'll get you know you get those moments where you have to follow and Mm -hmm. not what you what you want to do or what you think you should do you're supposed to follow when you follow things just line up you know yep. things work themselves out and that's how I'm here okay yes alignment <laughs> it's like orchestration again is real it's real and I'm gonna edify you just a little bit more um, my cousin, she is a corrections officer in Louisiana, and she takes some of the inmates on, you know, to their doctor's appointments. And I remember one day she texts me and she was like, is your friend, is her last name bro? Is her name Brittany bro? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, she is like the most helpful, the most like patient doctor I have ever ever been to and it wasn't even for her and so I was like that means a lot to me like to know that my friends you know my sisters are 
out in the world and just spreading just like what you needed, you know, and it doesn't take much. It takes just a little patience, a little kindness, understanding, compassion. Yeah, that's dope, Brittany. I'm proud of you. Thank you. And Reba. Heartbeat. Yeah, right? Yeah, heartbeat. Right? Reva, tell me your story on becoming a graphic designer and mm. what made you pursue <laughs> graphic design? Um, so when I went to Loyola, I think there was some dude that I was like friends with who went to Loyola before me and he was a business major. So I was like, sure, I'll just be a business major too. Mm. And I don't think he finished school. That's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> I went into the business program and I was um, literally- Well, you did, so let, let's just put that oh, in there. Yeah. You, did, you did graduate, I so. Did, I did finish. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, but he, you know, whatever, he's fine. Um, but I was sitting in like an accounting class and like math is not my thing. It's always been like, my nemesis numbers like oh no mm-hmm. and i was literally going to take a w so i was like you know what i'm just going to you know leave this in my past and at the same time i was taking a foundations course which is like an introduction to making but tangibly so you're making with your hands and you're learning how to conceptualize and bring ideas to life and I just love that so much more. I could do that all day and all night and not be like frustrated. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I'm trying to figure out these numbers in this Excel sheet, like I'm, I'm done. Cause I can't, it's not something that holds me. Um, so eventually I s- switched over and meant I would have to stay an extra year, which was a bummer, but I mean, it was what I needed because I discovered so much about myself during that time. Um, And today I make other people's visions or stories come to life. But what I didn't anticipate after graduating and working in advertising and then working, you know, in the nonprofit realm, which is where I currently work, how much this role is like just being the number one people supporter, because that's what I think I do the most. And what is the most challenging and the most rewarding is supporting the people that I work with and helping them understand someone else's perspective, articulate their ideas and help them cultivate whatever it is that they desire to bring it to life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I actually feel like somehow I'm like the creative director and therapist for my organization, which that's good is awesome and exhausting. I can imagine because I guess, (laughs) Ooh, like being an advocate for someone and Toya, I'm sure you can agree with this, like speaking for someone who has a voice, but maybe their voice has been silenced for whatever reason, or they just don't have the wherewithal to speak for themselves, but like to try to express for somebody else, that has been very difficult for me. And even like needing, Reba, this is going to go into one of um, a listener question, but like trying to get somebody to see my vision has been 
difficult. So like, mm-hmm. I totally like can appreciate you saying that because you are a graphic designer, you bring other people's thoughts, emotions, and whatever else to life so that people like me will understand what their product means. But I also think part of me, I think I discovered this like a year or two ago that I think it's actually a gift because I don't have to talk to people to understand what they're, to understand what's going on with them as a person. Cause the person is what's the foundation, what's most important. Like whatever it is that you're trying to bring across is really dope too, mm-hmm. but helping them understand like where they are, understanding why they are the way that they are to understand where they're, how they're thinking mm-hmm. so that I can support them without having to like do all this digging or like be really obnoxious. I just, I know what you need and I can provide you what you need. And like, it works to my benefit sometimes, but sometimes it totally just like bites me on the butt. Can I also take that a step further? Yeah. You do that personally for me with life, right? Mm-hmm. Like you uh-huh. are a designer and you do bring thoughts and you do help people to it. What that whole nine, but even on a human level, mm-hmm. you help to help me fix my own thought. I mean, I can name 50 million different occasions where I'm confused about something or I am in a dark space about whatever. Mm-hmm. And you are like draw, like literally and figuratively speaking, like drawing me out of whatever space I am, you know, like bringing clarity to a lot of thoughts and, and realigning my own mind. Mm-hmm. So that is very interesting to hear you do that as an occupation, but knowing you as a person, I know you do that all the time. You yeah. know, effortlessly too. Yes. <laughs> I've mostly been thinking about transitioning because I'm really fulfilled by supporting people. And it's not because people need help because it's not like you're broken, you are perfectly whole, but sometimes like illusions make you feel disconnected Mm -hmm. from God, from whatever you want to call God. Um, And just remembering that, like being a a mirror for someone else to remember who they are Mm -hmm. beyond their life story because your story is just a story, Um, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> what did miss anita baker say you bring me <laughs> joy <laughs> that song. I'm down. yeah reba i love you because <laughs> that is you that is you yeah I, just, I need to i need to clear something needs to be like recalibrated mm-hmm. um yeah mm. Well, um, let's talk about recalibration then. That brings us to where in the world. And in this segment, I will give you an imaginary ticket and you can go anywhere in the whole wide world. I mean, for real, like somebody went to outer space. We're going on a ship, a little rocket ship. Going. Yeah, that's for all the little connectors out there. <laughs> What's up, Noah? Um, but yeah, so I will give you a ticket. You can go anywhere in the whole wide world. And where are you going to go? And why are you going to go there? And who are you going to bring with you? I will go first. Um, just so give you a little time to think. Um But this also gives me the opportunity to give you a little world news. So on today's episode, 
my world news is going to be in Nigeria. I have been to Nigeria. It's a beautiful, beautiful country. And if you have not seen it already, um, there is a um, social media call out called End SARS. E-N-D-S-A-R-S, and that is ending the special anti-robbery squad. And if you are in America, you would, I guess, relate to people saying in qualified immunity because the police are shooting down people for no reason. So I'm just gonna say, I would like to go back to Nigeria just to stand in solidarity with my people because I do believe everywhere in the world, if you know Jay-Z's 444 album, it's the second song, all black people are the same all around the world. So that will be my why, just to stand in solidarity. So um, let's start with Reba. Um, where would you go? Why are you gonna go there? And who would you bring? I would go to New Zealand. Oh. I don't know why, but it's like on my bucket list and I don't like water. I don't like the beach. I don't like long plane rides, but it's still like this place that I feel like I need to go to. I don't know. I feel like very connected to the Maori people and I don't know why hmm. I'm not, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> hmm. um, who would I bring with me? Hopefully it would be like this dream bay that appears from literally heaven's gate okay. but like if not i would just go with myself um <laughs> i'll and, go and meet new friends um yeah but i don't know why i want to go there so much it's on my list despite everything i still want to go there like covid makes me a little nervous to get on planes but i would still like strongly consider it mm -hmm. um so yeah okay that sounds fun. I do want to do like a whole um, like African, like a um, mm. eat, pray, love type trip. So I would like to go back to Nigeria and then like do Ghana and just do all of Africa. So we can do that. I, yeah, we can. I want to go on an ancestry trip. That's like for Ooh. real one of the things I want to do because Africa, China, I don't really need to go to England. That's cool. Um, but mostly Africa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that just actually reminds me though, connectors stay tuned. Um, I actually interviewed one of my good friends. He is in Africa. He's in the Red Sea. So mm, stay connected on that one. Um, let's see. Toya, if you could go anywhere in the whole wide world, even universe, where would you go and why? So I thought about this question and right now I'm afraid to go anywhere considering the pandemic, uh, realistically, um, you know, but um, if, if I could just be somewhere right now, I don't care if it's the mountains, the beach, um, where there's just peace and quiet um, and, you know, just, no obligations. I think I would be happy to um, just to have some relaxation, if you will, right now. I mean, the, the pandemic has been um, kind of a lot, I think, for everybody, not just me, but 
it's been a lot and I just feel like I've been going nonstop. Mm. Um, so I think if I just had, had that moment, that would be good. Um, you know, my description sounds like a, a solo trip, <laughs> um, but um, I would want to bring my husband and my, my, my daughter um, as long as I had help and had moments of relaxation. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I've always just not even thinking about where we are currently, um, you know, in the pandemic, but I've always wanted to uh, go to Australia I've heard so many uh, great things. Um, you know, the pictures I've seen uh, are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, the people I've met who are from Australia, they're so friendly and so nice and down to earth and cool. And I just, um, that's just always been on my list of places to go. So hopefully um, I'll be able to do that uh, just to say I've done it and see if it's what I expect it to be. Okay. Well, I've never even thought about going to Australia, but I think that would be cute to see the little kangaroos. That, that's not a Aussie. What's a, it's like that's not an Australian accent at that's all. Close. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> but they do have kangaroos, though. So. Oh, and the Australian, um, the Opera House. I would like to go see that. So, but yeah, um, pray for the little animals. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brittany. Um, what? Where would you go? Are we gonna bring Noah? Cause I, I would love for Noah to like. He need to be in there since he wanted to jump on the mic. Noah heard this question and he uh-huh. was, I want to go to Walmart. <laughs> well, dreams I come through there. That's yeah. right, Noah. Okay. We're not going to Walmart on mommy's ticket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but do you because i heard you know due to covid like walmart has some really odd hours now so maybe you know it is like a destination that's like once in a lifetime type thing i tell you my child loves walmart you would think walmart was close to disney world well that's that's a cheap disney trip it is it is on a budget but I think my answer for my ticket is twofold. Okay. Okay. Because my grandmother, again, you know, my foundation is family. My grandmother is 85 and majority of her life was raising people. Mm-hmm. Putting this into perspective, because I didn't think about this until recently. By the time my grandmother was 27, think about where you were at 27 years old. She had had seven children. Nope. Yes, ma'am. Nope. Tapped out. By the age of 27. So majority of her life was dedicated to raising people. A lot of people. Right? Mm-hmm. To the point now, I think she got her first petty, Manny Petty. At like 60 or 70, like basic things that we take for granted. What? Now doing and experiencing. Yes. Wow. So my dream is to take her. Now, everybody who knows my grandmother, I always say like Jesus and my grandmother are like best friends. Uh-huh. She has the end with Jesus Christ himself. Like you, you're going Amen. through to talk to her because she knows him closely. Right. Mm-hmm. So my goal or my dream has always been to take her back to Jerusalem or back to the land where Jesus walked himself. So yes. 
it, I'm going there and I'm bringing her with me. So experience something outside of Laplace, outside of Louisiana. I think she just went to like Mississippi and Texas for the first time within the last like 10 years. Yeah. So yeah, I want to take her there before she goes to glory, as she says. Yeah, Um, that's that is a trip. I'll give you a few dollars on that (laughs) because like for real dollars. She would absolutely love it and that's Mm. taking vacations are great but the whole point of taking vacations is to create memories where you can talk about your experiences or share stories for time and time to come and Mm. I think that would be one of those trips for me Mm. her her element kind of thing so yeah if it wasn't about my grandmother Mm. and it was solely about myself okay I would probably go Greece okay everything about Greece I don't and I don't know much about it so I'm not even gonna pretend but from stories of people who've gone and pictures shared it is a beautiful relaxing awe-inspiring kind of place and anywhere in Europe to me if you stay long enough you can always go to places nearby Mm -hmm. right that's very true me it'd be a nice long trip to Greece to give me some days to go to other places Mm. Mm -hmm. can I please go because I really want to see the Acropolis I think that's in Greece yeah like let's go let's make this a girl's trip yes I am down same I I also want to go to southern Italy so just oh I want to go to Brown, Italy. I've always been in Can't wait. Italy. I cannot wait. I cannot. Yeah. That's what we doing for real, for real. I didn't hear you, Brittany. 2022, when they open their borders to Americans again, let's do it. I hope that's when they open their borders to us. I, I mean, they talk about a vision board. Can we talk about like a vision podcast and we, that we just <laughs> set it here? We put it in the atmosphere right here. All right. There you go. So then, y'all, that brings us, we're almost to the end, to how in the world. And I have a few listener subscriber letters. Um, They're short. And they are directed, obviously, to your craft. Um, Who wants to go first? I think I haven't gone first yet. Okay. So, Brittany, let me get your question here. Mm -mm -mm. Hi, I am a loyal supporter and listener of Amps Connected. I am a woman of a golden age. Let's just say I have a daughter who's your age. To Dr. Bro, how can I get my hair to grow faster and longer? I know this has something to do with, you know, my stuff on the inside. So can you help with that? Yes and no. And I get this question a lot in my practice. So your hair is very fragile, not only to diet, you know, mineral health, mental, emotional health. It is also connected to your hormones. And that's kind of how people come to me. Hey, my thyroid is off. I can tell because my hair is falling out more than before. Can we check my levels and adjust my medication? That is a common question and theme. But most of the time when women have issues with hair growth, it's a 
mental, emotional problem that hasn't been addressed. I usually connect it or akin it to something similar as nicking the fingernail. Mm. You know, if you make a mark on your fingernail, how long it takes that mark to grow out. Mm-hmm. Your hair responds in very similar ways, except your hair, the, the nick is to fall out. The insult is to stop or cease the growth cycle. And then you have to wait for the response of your hair to come back. So the first thing is to address the initial insult. Mm-hmm. And then uh, your hair cycle will return back to normal. Um, very rarely, actually, I won't say rarely. If this is a hormonal issue, it is usually related to thyroid dysfunction or women who have an issue with polycystic ovarian syndrome. It's mm-hmm. basically where your female hormones are not really regulated well and you produce more of the male hormone or testosterone in comparison to your estrogen levels. Mm-hmm. Um, so you experience hair growth in places you do not want, similar to like chin, upper lip, chest, groin area. And you experience hair loss in the male pattern form. So women will have temporal hair loss or loss to the crown of their head. Mm-hmm. So you fix and regulate those, those hormones and then the hair growth usually gets better. Hmm. Most of the time it's not going to be that. Most of the time it's going to be like your physical, mental well-being. Supplements. Here's another thing I want to say while we have a listening ear. Yes. Careful with supplements that you buy over the counter, right? Supplements are not like regular medications because they are not regulated by the FDA. Mm-hmm. So if a, if a capsule tells you there are 500 milligrams of X drug or X mineral or X vitamin. Biotin? biotin you may only be getting a hundred or you may be getting a thousand right there is no real regulation to the amount in each capsule now on average you are usually getting what's on the bottle but each pill varies from time to time and because it's not regulated your response to these varying doses will be different right so my recommendations for supplementation is if it works for you great But if you find that it does not work, stop it immediately because you don't want to harm yourself. I took biotin when I wanted my hair to thrive and grow and it fell out Mm. because everybody's response is completely different. Um, Right now, what I am doing for my hair, skin, nail regimen is a woman's vitamin every day, which helps with a number of different things, plenty of water. And I am adding a collagen supplement to my coffee in the morning, something very simple, very basic. Um, but it seems to be working. But again, that's a personal thing. You may try collagen or you may try that regimen and it may not work for you. Mm-hmm. So like us African-American women trying to find the right hair product, you got to kind of play around to figure yeah. out what works for you. But when you find it, you stick with it. That's interesting. And I'm glad you said that even about the biotin because I, um, I have... I can't pronounce it. You're going to have to help me, Brittany. It's the H word, the hirsutism. Hirsutism. That. Um. Hirsutism means for everybody else, hirsutism is excess hair growth to a specific like medical clinical degree. Like this is not just a few hairs. So women who have a few hairs on their chin is actually normal. This is not an abnormality to find a straggler here and there but when it turns into something similar almost to like a beard or like a a five o'clock shadow Mm -hmm. that is the pathology part of it that's when it's clinically considered to be hirsutism Mm -hmm. 
And I would just say shout out to Chica. She's become one of my favorite like singer rappers. And she just posted on her IG a couple of days ago. And I like totally related because it's a pain to like, he just said like, I can grow a whole beard, like, but daddy, daddy energy, holla. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it, it did, it doesn't really anymore. It kind of made me insecure because it's not cute. Like, I mean, cute is relative. I true. think you can be cute with whatever you carry or whatever you wear, as long as you have the confidence behind it. That's true. People have normalized, uh, people have normal, women have normalized underarm hair. Mm-hmm. That, that artist that you're talking about has normalized her facial hair. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, the Winnie Harlow has normalized vitiligo. It's mm-hmm. all about the confidence that you carry behind it. Lizzo, I can name 50 million people who've normalized a lot of things that used to quote, not be cute, not yeah. be or not be normal. But more so what happens nowadays is if you carry confidence behind whatever you are carrying, you then make it normal. You, we set our own tones all the time. Yeah. Oh, no, thank you. Cause hey. I needed to remember, I'm still cute. Baby. Hello. <laughs> I don't know if you're listening to this, but in college you were known as what? Sexy Lexi. There you go. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> Aw. Yeah. Thank you. Um, let's see. Uh, Toya. Um, and I guess, yeah, this kind of brings me right into it because we've had so much like going on because of COVID, but to end on what Brittany was just talking about, I have been um, very thankful for these masks because I don't have to do, you know, as much threading and waxing like I needed to do before. Yeah. Threading and waxing. Oh, what's yeah. up? I want to say one more thing. What's up? People who are selling these supplements and showing all this hair growth mm-hmm. from a pill or something they put in their tea, let's be clear that there are other ways and reasons and rhymes to hair growth, right? For prime example is PCOS or polycystic mm. syndrome. Your hair thrives well with PCOS for a number of different reasons. So if I put a product in front of me and say, look, my hair is growing so beautifully, I could have my own underlying things going on behind that. So be careful when you're purchasing supplements or investigating supplements or trying to follow Joe Blow because it worked for Joe Blow. Mm -hmm. Joe Blow might have another reason why his or her hair is growing. You have to potty, baby? I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, um, but thank you. Because yeah, I definitely wear my mask a lot because not only because of COVID, but you know, it does help to like, hide some unwanted hairs. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, to segue, Toya, um, due to COVID, a lot of people have been furloughed. Mm -hmm. This listener He writes in, hello, I have been furloughed and my job would want to hire me again, but they said that I have to come back full-time with part-time pay. How, as someone who, I mean, 
like, how would you advise this person? Like, I would not want to work full time with part time pay, mm -hmm. but it's better than nothing. Right. Um, so without kind of uh, going to line of giving legal advice, because uh, technically uh, can't do that. And, mm -hmm. um, and then, too, I, I do uh, represent management side and employers. But I will say that um, this has been an interesting time, I think, for all organizations who have employees. I mean, we are literally in an un unknown time um, where we're all really just trying to figure it out. <laughs> and we're all trying to survive. Um, kind of the, the times that we're in, there's no written book, there's no, uh, script on how we're supposed to follow things. And I think lately, a lot of my, um, a lot of my practice has been giving advice and counsel specifically related to surviving th this pandemic. Um, and, um, I, I think, you know, to, to that listener, you, you really just have to evaluate what's best for you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to the extent you um, may not have an option, um, you know, that may be something that you, you, you may have to do. And, um, you know, you never really know what may happen in the future. Um, you know, things could definitely, definitely change in terms of how your company, how your employer um, may respond, knowing you know, the sacrifice that you made and then maybe later on, um, you know, rewarding you for that. Of course, there's, there's no guarantees, there's no promises. Um, but I think each individual person has to evaluate what's best for them. Um, and I, I, I don't want to say, um, or I can't necessarily say what, without knowing all the facts, um, you know, if, if there's an issue there or not. Um, but I think just from that description, um, you know, it's, it's, it is very unique. Um, but I think, you know, you definitely have to determine, you know, what's best, best for you. And if, if you don't have any other options, then you, you may want to do that. And if you do have other options, then, um, you may want to decide to take a, another, another career change or mm -hmm. another, another job change. That's, that's really up to you. Mm -hmm. Um, that brings me to something that I saw um, and heard on the radio the other day about options, right? Mm -hmm. So the election is coming up, I think a week and a half. Um, and I saw this, it said, Florida, it was in Florida, a Florida boss warns employees if Biden wins, they could be laid off. So it's like... How can you bring politics into the workplace? You're now, I don't want to say what um, constitutional amendment, don't, don't, don't put me on the spot right now, but like you are basically, you know, holding hostage my vote. So how can my employer tell me if this political candidate wins, then my job is now in jeopardy. Or is that legal? Um, again, kind of without knowing all the facts, I can't, I can't give advice, um, you know, um, and, and because I, I am a management side attorney, you know, I can't really give advice. But I, it is an interesting um, situation. I think, 
uh, overall, it, it sounds like intimidation, uh, if you will. I think there's overall just a lot of unfortunate voter intimidation going on. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been a very stressful time for everybody. When you think about it, we are, like you said, I think you said a week and a half from the election mm-hmm. and a pandemic. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody's uh, sensitivities are high. You know, we just went through and we're still going through this period of public uh, display of racial injustice. Mm-hmm. Um, we are uh, seeing so many things kind of play out every day. Now, I think to me, I watch more news than I've ever watched, um, which says a lot because my, my husband probably could tell you <laughs> my TV station stays on, on the news station. I won't say which one, but it stays on the news station all the time. Um, um, just because there's always something like there's just always something going on. Um, I think it has a lot to do with just uh, the administration and, you know, and a lot of, you know, kind of going on right now. But um, I, I can't really say whether or not that's legal. Um, I, it doesn't sound good um, <laughs> from your description. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I hate that that people are going through that. I mean, that that just sounds unfair. Yeah, it seems like perception, right? And and you know, he may not really try. And I'm not taking his side at all. Let me start by saying that. But a lot of people's perception on the issues at hand for this vote can be clouded, right? And that employer's perception of what would happen to him and his business if Biden gets in office may be his belief of what is true. Not saying don't vote for Biden, but he may feel that if Biden gets in office, then my company will experience X. His perception is real or true or not is the real question. Mm -hmm. But there's so much in the news right now and there's so many different perceptions and perspectives and you know false narratives true narratives that are being debunked and being called false Mm -hmm. if you don't really know where to go to find your information your belief on what a candidate can and cannot do for you could be completely wrong Mm -hmm. that is something to take into consideration as well i would just as a person, not giving any kind of recommendation or advice, but as a person, I would tell that person to do his or her own research. Mm-hmm. You know, voting for Biden versus not may not be as detrimental to you as people are telling you, or it may be, depending on your situation. I don't know, but do your own research and don't let somebody tell you, hey, if you vote this way, this mm-hmm. will happen. You figure out, if I vote this way, this will happen to me and my family and mm-hmm. community. I think we all, not we, but society stops at the me. This will happen to me, but it shouldn't stop at the me. It should stop at my community. For me, I vote for myself. I vote for my parents. I vote for my children, my black sons. I vote for my community. I vote for the neighborhood I grew up in. I vote for everyone. Mm -hmm. And that person should vote. Not. I would hope that people are not just voting for self. I know self is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah doing your research will get you a long way Agreed. that's true and then too i um i just recently watched the netflix show um social dilemma did you guys see that i have not but i i want to absolutely have to watch it because i think for me i realized that even things that i see online even 
things I consider to be reputable um, and coming from reputable sources mm-hmm. um, may not be. Uh, so I think that it's interesting if you've watched the, the show, it, I think to me it's very enlightening mm-hmm. um, on, on what you're, what's being fed to you, mm-hmm. like Brittany said, may not necessarily be accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've seen that even from par- prior elections, things where people were fearful of certain things, um, they, they never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even I think during this administration, people were fearful of certain things that haven't happened. Um, they're not saying that there's that can't happen, um, but I think there's just always this this fear that feeds um, yep. perceptions. Yep. Marketing to your fears, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, Reba, that that actually makes me have a question for you. Um, if because you are a graphic designer, and obviously graphic designers are the ones who make the posters and the banners and everything else, the the yard signs, if a candidate, um, how would you tell a candidate or how do you go about, um, let's see, differentiating or separating, that's the better word, separating your thoughts and your ideals um, from your client's thoughts and ideals? So I I, I would just say, so like for an example, if I am totally against I am not for Donald Trump. I'll say that on my platform here. If I were a graphic designer, or better yet, I'm a singer. If Donald Trump told me to come sing at one of his events, I couldn't. Um, I see now that they're, you know, pretty big um, names who are now sitting in the room with him. And I don't, see anything has changed so I don't know why I would go and sing for him um so I guess in the same vein if a client or a potential client came to you with ideals that you aren't aligned with how would you go about telling them yes telling them no I mean honestly it's because after I was interviewing for the Warren campaign which is a candidate that I believed in which is why it's easy for me to be like, oh yes, I want to come work for you. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I mean, I'm only looking for alignment at this point in my life. So I'm not mm-hmm. like thirsty for things that won't fill me up. Mm-hmm. So if it's not in alignment with me, I'm I'm not. Someone was like, I mean, I'm not that I'm anti-Biden, but they were like, do you want to go work for Biden? It's like, not really, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm not like strongly called to do so, or I would do so. Mm-hmm. Um, so... <laughs> It's just a matter of knowing who you are and what you're willing to compromise for the sake of making an income. Cause that's truly what that would be for me. Mm-hmm. And it's just, there's no dollar amount that quite makes that okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just, I would abstain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, that's a fair question. <laughs> okay, so a listener question. Hi, Reba. I love your name, Reba Joy. I am a business owner who outsources all of my graphic work, and I am super picky and not quite satisfied with 
any of my products? What can I do to get my ideas across more clearly? Um, A, I think it also goes down to alignment. So finding someone that you like, someone that you can have a relationship with and trust with your vision, because just finding any designer, it's like finding poop. You can find it anywhere, but you know, mm-hmm. you don't want to step in it, roll in it. You don't want to put it on your face. So the same discretion when finding talent to support you and bringing something to life, you want to select your partner. I guess like in life, you want to be mindful about the partners that you um, collaborate with mm. because you are creating something together. It's not, you know, a person, but it is still an entity that will live and grow beyond your time, um, theoretically. Uh, but other than that, they can create a vision board. So pulling inspiration from like competition or similar products or totally unrelated products to show what you like so that you can start to articulate here's visually what I'm into. Mm -hmm. Now I need you to package it into this, I don't know, what is it like a, like this pretzel company that I'm trying to start, Mm -hmm. free pretzel entity. And these are the types of styles of things I like, make my my product or build my packaging. Okay, that makes sense. Or you can call Reba. (laughs) <laughs> right I mean I don't have I those do. issues <laughs> yeah. is still you know the most important thing yeah. <laughs> so y'all I'm just saying if you need a graphic designer my sister is the best so yeah hit her up um well that brings us to the end um about um wait we have one more question um and it's okay so asking for a friend okay if and this is for dr bro if you exhibited estrogen dominance and you were having fibroids and cysts like cysts in random parts of the body um and like the only solution your doctor gave you was a c-section removal what I mean, because I'm more of a holistic person, like a holistic thinker. So what manifests in the body tends to correlate to what's going on with you as a whole person. And I like to address the root of a thing versus just taking the thing out. But I don't know what to do because my doctor, again, she's like, no, this is what you do. You have it removed. It'll be a six week recovery. And yes, they'll come back. And then we'll talk about more then. It's like, that's truly not what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's wow. a good question. We're talking about removing your fibroid or removing your uterus. Let me make sure I'm fine. I would like to remove the fibroids. I mean, my trust issues make me concerned for any doctor going in my body and just being like, oh, there was something here. So I just like took this thing out while you were, you know, under. <laughs> here in, so everyone always goes to medicine for the answers but we we often forget that sometimes the questions are beyond the years in medicine Mm -hmm. right I had a lady who had PCOS come to me and ask me why why do I have PCOS well the question of why we can't answer yet right but we know what it is Mm -hmm. you know how it happens like how it's developed or the line the chain of command in hormonal production and we know how to 
interfere with that, but the why, because she wanted to get to the root of the problem. Okay, mm-hmm. if I have PCOS, then why do I have it? And let's fix that part. Well, we don't have all those answers yet, right? Um, the same thing with high blood pressure. We know their genetics, we know mm-hmm. their vascular issues, but the actual why one person gets it versus another, like my mom has six siblings, Three of them might have high blood pressure and the rest of them don't. And they all eat very similar activity wise is very similar. So the whys we don't always have. Mm -hmm. So if the question is why do I have the fibroids and what can I do naturally to affect it? That's probably beyond the years of medicine. As far as I know, Mm -hmm. um, the issues with how to address the fibroids in and of themselves I would just coach you to shop around. And if you want holistic medicine, you got to go to a holistic provider, right? I went to one, but she almost instantly as she saw me, she was like, I'm going on personal medical leave or family leave. And so now she's gone. But it sounds like your vision, you talk about alignment all the time. It sounds like your vision is holistic medicine. So you can't go to an OBGYN who's not a holistic provider and expect to get a holistic answer. Does that make sense? Yes. So (laughs) in all fairness, fibroids can be, and and it doesn't have to be C-section. Like very rarely are we still doing C-section scars anymore. So... I would say if you want to get it surgically removed or interested in getting it surgically removed, you need to go to a different OBGYN and get a different, a second opinion. We get second opinion. Fact check that first provider and make sure that's the only actual uh, option because a lot of these OBGYNs 2020 are trained in all kinds of different methods, not just laparoscopic, but they're doing robotic surgeries now um, with minimal invasion, easy recovery, and it doesn't have to be six weeks. I had a six-week recovery when I got rid of a child. Mm-hmm. Got rid. So yeah, unless your fibroids are eight pounds nine ounces, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know if you. You know that's the only that mm-hmm. I, the only thing you can do is this. I don't, and I'm not an OBGYN, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't ever know that there's only one option in medicine. There are always. Mm-hmm. You know, PCOS, there are multiple ways to manage PCOS. There are multiple ways to manage high blood pressure. So I can't imagine fibroids being any different, but that is outside of what I do normally. So I would, I would err on the side of just talk to someone else. Okay. I guess I needed to hear it from someone that I trust because like, yes, I know my doctor, but I don't trust the, I mean, I don't know, that sounds bad, but I don't have a report, a relationship with her to be like, okay. Hmm? that's problem number one if you don't have report you might as well not even go back mm-hmm. and she was like you know black they don't know why black people have get fibroids more than other people but like there's nothing we know about it and like you'll probably get them again once we remove them and my intuition like my god-given intuition was like this is not the only way to resolve this but like i don't know i don't know what the other options are because i haven't studied the other options to give myself information yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anytime someone says only, mm-hmm. what did they teach us that when you're doing like true or false? If it says only, usually it's false. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No, that was a good question. An excellent question. Thank you for wrapping that up for us, Reba and Brittany. <laughs> All right, y'all. So before we get out of here, um, any last minute tips or advice you want to give to maybe a potential client or anyone um, interested in going in your field? Sure. Um, I'll speak from the medicine side and I'll give it, I'll make it a twofold answer as well to all those young aspiring African-American or people of color mm -hmm. interested in going into medicine, be prepared to put the work in, right? You're going into a field where you are probably less than 3%, probably less than that. I'm being generous. Mm -hmm. um, in a class of 200, there were eight minority students in my class. Wow. Um, and it, the class after me was less than eight in the same number. So it is possible. And I think maybe before we were on or the environment or climate may have been I just want my spot, mm -hmm. but I think the climate now is, re, you know, each one reach one. And as long as you find or connect with someone who's been where you want to go, I'm pretty sure you could find a mentor or someone to guide you throughout that process, whether it be, what do I need to be involved with in undergrad or what kind of scores do I need on MCAT or what schools are best for me? As long as you find someone who has kind of done that before you, that will take a lot of the guesswork out of it for you. Mm -hmm. And then to people in general who are interested in medicine, just know that it's a challenging process and a challenging road and it will never really stop. You know, you go into a specialty, you still have to take a board exam and you take a board exam and you still have to take it again every five to 10 years. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, and medicine is constantly evolving and changing. So if, as long as you're a person who, thirsts after knowledge and loves to continue to learn and read and, you know, go to conferences and, and really invest yourself into your specialty, you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. But if you're not that person and you just kind of want to know what it is and then be done, medicine is probably not the road, right? Medicine is a constantly evolving and changing field and specialty. And if you want to be the best, you got to be at the cutting edge mm -hmm. and you constantly have to know what's new or what's about to come out or how to use the newest thing on the market. Mm -hmm. um, you should always remember your experiences in medicine as well. Remember what it feels like to be a patient mm -hmm. so you can be the best provider. Uh, I think for me, my bad encounters with medicine always keep me grounded and reminds me what it feels like to be on the other side, to not, even for you, Reba, like to not know all the options and have this one person who, who is literally the representation of all knowledge, right? That's how people look at us. Um, so you have to remain humble and be honest with your patients so that they can love and trust you and, and wanna come back to get help from you. Mm -hmm. But if you stick to that, for the most part, um, of course there's practice and learn and study and read and, and the basics, but from a human standpoint, if you remember that and stick to that, you'll be fine. Okay. 
Well, there you go. If you want to be a doctor, an endocrinologist, or look, if you have a bad attitude, it ain't for you. Not for you. <laughs> like people, if you're not a people person, uh-huh. other avenues in medicine beyond being a doctor, and that's what is not preached or taught. Mm-hmm. You can be on the administrative side if you like business. You can. You know, you can be a tech, you can work in the operating room and not necessarily be the surgeon. Mm. You can do the heart ultrasounds and not necessarily be the heart doctor. There are very multiple different avenues within medicine that you should investigate and explore if medicine is not for you mm-hmm. uh, or being a physician is not for you. Um, and beyond just the doctor nurse that we're trained to kind of identify as medicine. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, Toya, you see people all the time, talk to people all the time. Um, and you have to, like Brittany was saying, have to have understanding of what somebody else may be going through so you can advocate for that person. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, what tips can you give to a potential client, um, or even someone who's interested in law? Okay, I'll do both. Um, for a potential client, I um, would just advise kind of something I referred to earlier during the, the discussion is that the tensions are very high. Um, people are on the edge and they're just, the sensitivity level is high. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot going on. Um, and in light of that, I, if, if you're an employer, or if you have, um, you know, independent contractors or anyone who's working for you, I would just check the temperature um, more so for your employees um, within your employees relations department. Um, make sure that there there is trust within your organization such that employees feel comfortable coming to express their concerns. I find that when employees are able to voice their concerns, they have trust in the in their employer. Um, there tends to be less complaints, less lawsuits, mm. um, and then it boosts morale. And when you boost morale within your organization, it only pro- provides better work product. Mm-hmm. People are motivated. Um, they, they believe in what you're doing in your organization. Um, and so I would just ensure that that level of um, trust and morale is, is in your organization. And if it's not, I would find... Um, kind of the weak spots within your organization to try to try to make those things better. Um, Lately, I've been doing a lot of investigations and I've found that some of these issues could have been addressed easily um, if if there were um, certain procedures and mechanisms in place um, to just listen to what employees have to say, Mm -hmm. Um, listen to their concerns and try your best to um, address those concerns, kind of going uh, to the point that Brittany made earlier, I think this just idea of empathy um, and realizing that we're all in the situation together. Um, this is this is tough for everyone. Um, so to the extent you have had to make some tough decisions, like your listener asked about furloughs earlier, furloughs, um, layoffs, um, you know, th- those kinds of things, um, unfortunately, cause uh, issues within organizations, but there are ways to remedy that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are ways to ensure that, um, there, there are, that 
essentially the morale within your organization can be rectified. And so I, I would I would uh, encourage you to do that. Um, for someone who is interested in law or any type of law, plaintiffs, criminal, civil, defense, you name it, um, I would say never limit yourself um, to any opportunities. If you have an opportunity for something, even if it's volunteer, take it. That's something I did very, very early on. Um, Reboot probably would say <laughs> that I was doing too much. Um, she's always been the one to tell me that I'm doing too much. But I will say that because I've had such a broad um, kind of uh, opportunities or, or ex- exposure, if you will, to all different types of things, I knew what I didn't want to do and I knew what I wanted to do. Um, and I've, I feel comfortable in knowing that because I've at least had touch points, some of them not paid, um, just to kind of have that exposure. Um, so if you're very early on or you're at least thinking about it, um, I would just say, don't say no. If, if you have an opportunity, go for it. Um, even if it may spread you a little thin, and then as you progress and you start to tailor or narrow down exactly what you want to do, um, then you can start being a little more selective and the opportunities that kind of come your way. But um, just do, do it, do as much as you can early on. Um, Cause after a while you, you also get tired. <laughs> just like, I don't have time for, I don't have time to do uh, all the things I even want to do sometimes um, just because, you know, life to me becomes more busier, the more you kind of progress and the more obligations you have. So. Mm-hmm. That's some good advice. And um, I know this isn't the title so you can correct me, but y'all, that's advice from the world's best attorney. She was just voted um, just a few weeks ago, a few months ago, the world's best attorney to look out for. Um, so yeah, I'd take I'd take her advice. Um, Toy, I'm just joking. What was that title you were just adorned with? I uh, received uh, one of the best lawyer awards for once to watch. There you go. There you go. So y'all, that is my sister. So be on the watch and I will come back again, y'all, so y'all can give y'all's contact information. Um, Yeah. And Reba, um, any last tips, advice for anyone, a potential client um, or anyone interested in the graphic design world? Um, I think similar to Brittany's point, if you're interested in graphic design, it's a field that doesn't have a lot of us. There's not a lot of people of color. The global majority is not the majority in design or advertising or marketing, any of the like popular industries within design. So, you know, you will be like one of five. I'm always one of less than five Mm -hmm. in any job, in any class. (laughs) So understanding that and I mean from life experience you learn how to navigate in those spaces but just keeping in the forefront of your mind and making the connections where you can with all people because you never know how God is going to connect you to the next person um yeah you just I don't know you just don't know um so you just want to be your best self in every instance because there are so few of us in the room and then to stay in the room 
require something. So to continually be patient and to Toya's point, like being stretched a little thin, cultivating spaces and time in your life for yourself to fill your own cup up so that you can continue to support and be for all the other people and situations and spaces that you have to occupy because it it can definitely be overwhelming and with everything that's going on even if it even if you don't feel like it's impacting you like on an on a energetic level your nervous system knows that there is more occurring in this time Mm-hmm. to care for yourself because um, it will always be stressful because you're always probably going to be one of the few of yourselves seen or represented in wherever organization you're working. Um, and if you are looking for a designer, I would just tell you to follow your intuition, talk to them, go to their website, see who they are, how they present themselves, see what aligns with you and move forward. It's that simple with anything in life. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there you have it, connectors. Um, Reba, where can connectors connect with you? An email address, website, um, Instagram. Let us know. Well, I would point people to my website. I, I am RebaJoy.com. Um, everything else is like a a dance, like social media, I'm always dancing with. And in general, how much of myself can I be? And maybe that's a part of the the dichotomy of being a black woman who is a designer dancing with how much I can be myself and how much I'm like this designer person. Um, But I feel like my website is most representative of who I am at this time. So that's mm-hmm. I am rebajoy.com, right? Okay. Yep. Um, how about you, Brittany? You're muted. Sorry. Let me see if I can um, ask the unmute. Um, there you go. You're unmuted now. I am actually trying to find the website. Well, basically, if you go to woman's that's www.womans, like a single, W-O-M-A-N-S dot org. You can kind of navigate through that website to find the endocrinology department. There'll be a phone number online for you to call and make an appointment or try and schedule an appointment to actually see myself. My patients are scheduled on a physician referral basis. So see your primary care provider for your concerns first, and he or she will determine if an endocrinology referral is necessary. Um, For a self-referral, we actually do accept because we recently hired a new nurse practitioner. Her name is Margaret Whiteman. She's amazing. Um, You can call and get a direct appointment with her without a self-referral or without a physician's referral. Um, But to see me, you would need a physician's referral first. Okay. And connectors, I will have Brittany's um, website and all of that information she just shared um, on my website. So don't forget to subscribe and I'll have it in the show notes. So yeah, that's where you can find it. And Toya. If your listeners want to contact me, they can contact me at a Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S at Proskauer, P-R-O-S-K-A-U-E-R.com. Um, they can also find me on Proskauer's website, um, www.proskauer.com. 
Um, you can search uh, the attorney button and find my name, Atoya Harris. I know we've been referring to uh, me as Toya, but <laughs> there is an A, not an L, an A in front of that name. Um, so you can find me there. Um, and it's a very unique name too. Um, this sounds uh, cocky, but I'm not being cocky. You can literally Google my name and find me too, just because there are not that few of, uh, not that many rather, of the Atoyas, mm-hmm. Atoya Harris's specifically out there. So <laughs> you can find me literally by putting my name in Google. Did you just Google me, baby? Yep. <laughs> and I, I try to do it in a very modest way and uh-huh. explain my reasons because that did sound quite, mm-hmm. quite, quite cocky. No. Nope. <laughs> It did it. Just say Google me. That's it. Atoya Harris. Um, And I will also have your website on, or at least a link to where you are at Proscott on my website. Y'all, I am so excited that we did this. Um, It was a long time coming, but like I always know, they always happen at the perfect time, at the right time. And yeah, connectors, you know where to connect with me on my website, www.ampsconnected.com. You can also add me on IG at ampsconnected, or you can email me info.ampsconnected at gmail.com if you have any questions or if you want to be a guest on Amps Connected podcast. Y'all, it's time to go. Hmm. I've got little ones to feed. I know. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love y'all so much. Stay connected. Mm-hmm.